Welcome back to another edition of the Gamer Geeks, and a very special one, I can say. We got a nice little surprise in the second half of the show. Do you agree, Todd? Oh, yeah. I didn't get a chance to meet up with him, but um, we have Nick Marinelli coming in from uh, – who's, who's uh, one of the uh, media, media coordinators for MAGFest 8, which I just attended. And, yes, I'm still recovering from it, as everyone on the lounge is accusing me of. I mean, one of the greatest events I've been to in the last few years, short of E3. And we're going to have him on for a few minutes to talk about how MAGFest came to be, how, where it's going, and how they got Sid Meier to appear. Yeah, this is a question I wondered. It. Yeah. It's also just a good, uh, if I'm, well, it's our first interview. Hopefully, first of many to come. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. But, no, we've been sick of the snow, I think, on both of us. Agreed. Yeah. Because we've been, oh, Todd, you've taken the bread of it, being close to D.C. I mean, you all have gotten dumped on quite bad. Yeah, I'd say four, four feet is pretty much uh, pretty bad. And believe it or not, as we're recording this intro segment, We've, I'm actually getting hit with probably a couple more inches. Yeah, me too. Unfortunately, it's only, it's only like two or three, which is a lot better than four feet. But I just wish this would all end. Yeah, well, let's see. Games we've played since last... Well, I know we've both played Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. And definitely see why it was rated immature. Oh, you're not kidding. They did everything tongue-in-cheek. Like, all of it was, like, laughing at themselves. I've always said that game was borderline on self-parody. Yeah. With a little touch of fan service, it worked out pretty well. It's a pretty good fighter. And yeah, one of the few times Sega actually came out with something good. Exactly. So it, it's not. It, it's definitely one to check out. If you kind of like fighters and hey, you want to look at a chick that likes to dance around quite often and make suggestions and suck on dum dum suckers, what looks like dum dums, I would mm-hmm. say, <laughs> then it's definitely what you want well, to check out. Well, that was a drink game. So you know how many times she sucked on one of those during a cutscene? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you can be too smashed to play the game. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's definitely good. The, the fight, the combo sequences and stuff, it worked really nice because it's like you didn't have to memorize them because, Lord, gosh, if you could memorize all those combo sequences, then I'd have to say you're like... Obsessed. Well, yeah. Not only that, you got one hell of a memory. What the hell are you memorizing that for? <laughs> Memorize something that will benefit you more. <laughs> yeah. no, I was very happy with it. And what I liked is when everybody kept saying how near impossible it was going to be to play it, it wasn't. It was ex- I mean, I was able to fish it on medium without any problems. Mom, because my disability, I had to bump it down. Yeah, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah, because I know I gave you grief before, but then I realized you're right. Yeah, because I don't have the dexterity, and it just—I just—I'm not speed fast. Like my fingers, you know, my fingers won't move; they're really frozen in some manner. So it does limit limit me a bit. Because I've noticed that when it like tells you to tap B real fast, I'm not really tapping B real fast. It's kind of caused my left hand like picks up and bangs the controller against my thumb, and that's how I tap B real fast. Wow. So it's a little bit different. And Bayonetta, oh, Lord, yeah, you, you, your fingers are going to get a workout. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Last thing I will say about that game, you'll never hear Fly Me to the Moon the same way ever again. Oh, my gosh. I'm sick of that song. They play that song every few seconds. Oh. 
I was like, when I heard, like when I heard Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in the uh, Dead Space. Yeah, well, it was like kind of a, a the remake, redition of it. I was actually pleased to hear the original Brenda Lee version that played at the near, near the end. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, oh, refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's J-pop for you. Yeah. I have officially sent Divinity 2 off to Amazon. They have received it for trade-in. I am glad to have my hands clean of that one. I requested a PC version of the game because I've read several different places the PC version was getting higher ratings and better reviews than the console version, and they didn't send it to me, so they don't have to deal with the the bashing they're going to get on the 360 version. That's got to be fun to read. Oh, frustrating. Yeah. So frustrating that a game would just try your patience and... They said they got the the game saves fixed, but they were still glitching on us. Wow. Yeah, because it's always nice to see. I know I saved it. (laughs) You're not the only one to return something. Uh, I just sent back Armia to the 40th day. I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad game. It it was just pretty much average. Yeah, I kind of figured it was uh, because it's got the sequel mentality. I mean, there's not very many sequels that can hold up. We had a whole gin lounge on it, on the sequels that did hell up and were better than the originals. Yeah, we'll get to one eventually. <laughs> but, no, well, the reason I was also uh, returned that because I got sick and tired of waiting for Gamefly to send it to you because we wanted to co-review that. Bingo, yeah. And they did... never, never sent it. No. So I was just like, forget this. I got other tales on my list I want to I try out. Still haven't sent back Mass Effect 2 yet. I'm still thinking of keeping that thing. I almost would. We still own their first one. Yeah. I wish I never traded the first one because I, I enjoyed the first one. I love the second. Yeah, that's another one that is on my Gamefly queue. Yeah, it's that, that, that was another one that did not ship. But I'm happy with what did ship, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will mention this. And I will tell Breeden and everyone else at the lounge that it's official. I did get the sex scene this time. <laughs> Todd's got game. <laughs> yeah. Even though one fellow reviewer will give me hell for the girl I picked because she said she looks like Michael Jackson. What? I don't think she does. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll have to see this. Yeah. It was either between Miranda, Jack the psycho one with all the tattoos, and uh, well, actually, I don't know if you can have sex with the Asari character or not. But no, I took the... Uh, I took Miranda from the first, one of the first people you encounter. You're like, I'm not missing this. By gosh, you want to jump on the chance. Don't yeah. matter if she's a butterface. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, everybody complains about being less RPG. I know Shella wrote a huge comment column about that. Mm-hmm. I thought it felt perfect because I mean, when we talked, we talked about another RPG that that Bioware made. Oh yeah. Yeah, Drag- Dragon Age, Dragon Age Origins, as I call it. I call it Dragon Origins. Either way, I mean, now do you agree with me with all the dialogue in that? Oh, yak, 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 yak. And that, and I'm just, I've realized with that game, I'm a selfish gamer, I guess, because I don't give a crap who's in my party. I don't want to clothe you. Guess what? I'm not going to give you nothing I pick up. Because guess what? That extra stuff I want to sell for coin. So. And that's why one th- that was one thing I loved about Mass Effect 2. 
you only have to worry about armor for yourself. Yeah. It's me, weapons, myself, and just I. Just, mm. <laughs> weapons you'll delegate to everyone else, but you don't you don't have to buy them. I mean, once you get a weapon unlocked, it's available to everyone. Yeah. So I, was, I just went to the weapon selections update, highlighted the most powerful weapon for everyone, and I was set. Didn't have to worry about that compared to Dragon Age. I mean, I'll admit I jumped through a couple of dialogues in Mass Effect, but the ones I listened to are far more interesting than Dragon Age's were. I can, because I wanted to kind of focus just on the main storyline, and then I was like, my gosh, it's hard to really dis- distinguish main from sides. It's really weird. It is more fun also to find side missions, because I like to explore all the planets. Yeah. Because I try to mine for uh, extra minerals. All of a sudden, uh, Caprica 6 from Battlestar Galactica will come on and say, I've, I detected an anomaly. Mm. So I go down there, investigate what the planet is, and there's, right there's an instant side mission. And they don't they don't go on for hours on end. These, these side missions are quick. Let's see, what else has there been? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. A wonderful game we're both enjoying right now. The second Bioshock. Mm-hmm. We're Big Daddy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, a, a prototype Big Daddy. Very fun. I love it because it's the only game, one of the only games that makes me jump out of my skin. That will actually startle me yeah. at points. And I have no idea why <laughs> or what it is with it. It does have a bit of a boo factor in certain parts, but it will literally make me jump. And I, I can't get sucked into it and not realize that time's, you know, going through the day. That's what's happening to me, too. <laughs> it's like going back to playing System Shock 2 again. Same developers, thankfully. Yeah. You know, just replace uh, Shodan with Lamb. She talks almost the same way as Shodan does. Well, like you can go on about your your business. You can go on and do stuff, and it doesn't completely freeze you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you got to stand right here, and you're not able to do nothing. you got to hear this. It's nice that you can also choose to play the cassettes or not play the cassettes. Yeah. I just do them along the way. I've ended up not playing a lot of them. I've been like, this is just side story stuff. <laughs> Some of it's pretty strange. Like trying to find out about about Eleanor, you know, the little sister you're trying to save. Yeah. Then um, every time I see the name Sophia Lamb down there, I'm like, uh, no thanks. Uh, or I'll just be like, oh, she can talk. I'll just keep going. Not a big fan of the uh, adoption and collecting though, because it, it kind of it kind of falls in the tower defense territory. But I'll tell you one thing: it is getting on my nerves. Those damn big sisters. <laughs> They're fast. No kidding. And They're brutal. Very agile and fast. They've got their spidey senses mm-hmm. with them. <laughs> and I can't use my old electrical escape like I used to. Be able to zap them and then move back because they almost resist that. But it takes a lot. It's like after you rescue all the big, well, all the little sisters, you'll get a warning saying, a big sister is coming, get ready. Try to set up my traps, doesn't work. Tracks, I know. I'm not really, really far in the game. There's been another game that's occupied my time. Mm-hmm. A game that I beat in, in just a little over seven hours total gameplay. It's Dante's Inferno. I have been to hell and survived. <laughs> you know, a few surprises, huh? Oh, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, definitely rated M. Nobody who has kids really. I've wondered if the parent has not complained or something with the game that has bought it for their kid, not really realizing what they're purchasing and brought it home and then walked in and been like, oh my gosh, those are Nick breasts on there. And they aren't favorable only to women either. It's guys too. You will see male genitalia. <laughs> so, full nudity, and trust me, there's in that lust level. You whoa, <laughs> it's pretty graphic. Cause you will see female genitalia and male genitalia through th- that level. Are you talking Doctor Manhattan proportions? Um, no. Well, some of because like, some of the stalactite looking things look. Very phallic. <laughs> very. And the one, which I can't remember what they're called now. The one little evil women that can try to seduce you and draw you in. Um, succubus or something like that. They're, they're like a succubus right. or something. They kind of come out of something that looks like what a where a baby comes from. <laughs> so mm. you get an idea. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And then the baby in the game, which is really cool because there's a video on there once you beat the game, the making the baby. It's not about making a baby, like, sexual. It's about they actually, I think it's the first time ever that a toddler was motion captured. Ooh. They actually put the dots all on him, and he he's the baby in the game. Wow. And it's really neat, really neat. And then the DLC with that game, ah, that is going to be great. There's nothing like a great game to where you level up and get extra powers and stuff by collecting souls. Then having DLC with a free soul pack with, I believe it was 500 souls in it. And then you can purchase soul packs small medium and large for microsoft points yeah and so you don't if you're in a hurry and you don't want to be patient and go through the game and earn them then you can just buy them well of course ea is known for doing that yeah and i've been critical of them before it's the games are very linear um you will wish you had camera control because you don't yeah it, your right analog stick is your dodge, evade. Mm, yeah. So you will wish kind of had camera control in certain places. Just trying to find all the relics and um, bust all the fountains. Very interesting. The storyline was great. Oh, my gosh. The graphics, wonderful. Cutscenes are awesome. And the ending will lead you right into the DLC that's coming soon. Sweet. The DLC will bring, which I can't, the Trials of St. Lucia, I believe, um, is what it's called. It will give you multiplayer co-op, level design and creation. They'll also have leaderboards, just the multiplayer. I can't imagine that. Because, I mean, Bioshock 2's got multiplayer now. Which I haven't tested out yet. 
my nephew Sean has with my copy. That's what he did first thing when he popped it in. He didn't play the campaign at all. He went right into multiplayer. Didn't he always do that? Yeah. He was owning as a big daddy, too. He got to be a big daddy. Of course. Yeah, he can straight own. It's going to be really neat with Dante's Inferno. Very, very neat. It's going to get a good score, of course. I'm actually actually checking some video out while we're we're talking about it. It's really an amazing game. I mean, this is one that I would say... I see a lot of God of War references. Yes, it's very... It will very much remind you of God of War. Or Bayonetta. Or Bayonetta. But the the graphics, the way it is, the storyline, I mean, it totally goes away from anything else that's been done, but it's loosely based on the Divine Comedy. I mean, you went on a classic piece of literature. Where could you really go wrong? Uh, let's just say I saw some of the character art. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, they're very imaginative artists. I will say that. And there is a Dante's Inferno movie that is animated. Kind of filling the gaps a little bit. It's available through Netflix. Apparently, Stars, who owns another um, film company, is the one who produced it or put it out. Yeah. So is that on Net- on Stars Play? It's on um, it's on Netflix, but it's a disc. You have to get it. it's oh. not streaming. I was hoping be streaming. I'd like to check that out before we finish. It's very cool. It it looks good from what I'm seeing here. Oh, I was pressed. It's definitely going to be a keep it. Because we so heard that the review copies, of course, we weren't the only ones, apparently, that was stiffed on review copies for the game. It was also another organization I'm kind of good friends with, the Able Gamers Foundation. Friends with them on Facebook. They didn't get theirs either after being told it was being shipped to them. Jeez. Yeah, so I was like, wow, okay, wasn't just us good. <laughs> I know we weren't the lone one out. Speaking of Able Gamers Foundation being on Facebook, now the Gamer Geeks are on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is search us, type us in, Gamers Space Geeks, and ping, you'll find us. Yep. Well, Ron, we'll make an announcement. Uh, we will be closing down our MySpace page. Uh, MySpace is a dying breed. We just... Decide to move on to Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is more fun, and it's also it's the one that streams on 360, so mm-hmm. that we're able to use that service. And of course, we can still be reached on Twitter. If you yeah. Have our own names. <laughs> but I'm updating the information from GameIndustry.com every day on the site, and great, we are not one that inundates you with status updates. You might get one typically once a day. On the weekends, it's only if there's new content on game industry or something mind-blowing happens. Like if I post any videos or anything. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back with Nick Morelli from MacFest. It's Nick the Newbie, and you'll get to hear how he got that nickname or why he has that nickname, because I'm was i very curious to find that out, that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. And we'll be right back with Nick.
short break and with us we have Nick Marinelli am I pronouncing that correct Nick yep that's right okay now I have that so I'm seeing this and you're from Magfest 8 and you do the promotions which has got to be fun I see this like nickname the newbie you've got to explain I, I don't know I, I, I've, I've had that I've been using that since 2001 or 2002 it's just uh, I don't know every single game I, I play I start off I start off better than most people start off, but I never get any better. So it seems like no matter what I play, I'm all, I always end up lagging behind. So I'm just Nick the movie. Oh, that, that is cute. That's good. We got Todd's with us. Poor guy. I'm telling you, I, for things to just go terribly wrong, he comes home today and tries, sees his internet modem is not hooked up, and Comcast Comcast has no ETA. I think actually you're one of the first to report it. What? <laughs> I'm guessing so because they they had no knowledge of it, and I'm trying to a person on the other line. I mean, I'd wait like ten, fifteen minutes for you to take this call. You got a long number of calls here. Wouldn't you at least get an idea? Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. I'm trying to explain it to her. 
But um, fortunately, you guys hooked me up. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Nick, I, for that. Because my Skype out account is no more. <laughs> well, yeah, I meant to ask you about that. At, at Magfest, we are used to things going wrong, so we always have backup plans. It's, it didn't really look like much went wrong when I was there. That's because we had stupid. backup plans. <laughs> good idea. Yeah, that's good planning. Yeah. Okay. Well, compared to other events I've been to, I think it's done good. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. No well, problem. He said, clear to he's like, Kelly, they've read, they've had to have read my article about the Southern Gaming Convention and all three bullet points that he made of stuff they did wrong and needed to correct, you all had. You were already, did the bonus point. You did everything that he listed to make it accessible. Uh, 24-hour gaming night, which is always good, and have more stuff to do. Which uh, which convention was this that, that you were? Uh, it was from BGA, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Originally uh, over at Valley Forge. And when they did there, they had a four-hour night. Uh, but over the last two years, they moved it to downtown Philly, the uh, Pennsylvania Convention Center. Yeah. And that place is a nightmare to get. Parking costs like $13. Good luck trying to get off um, of the Pennsylvania Turnpike, get onto the A Street to get to Arch. It was <laughs> It was a nightmare to go through. First time I was, I was stuck in traffic for like about two hours before I found a spot. And I, I was just like, screw this, I'm taking a spot here. I didn't realize at the time that parking spot cost $15 for the day. Ouch. Yeah. We, we, we were there. We, we had a bit of, of problems ourselves there too. It's a shame because in the past, they, they, they've, they've been a really great event, you know, a little bit of kind of sibling event to, to us, but I, I think just, I don't know, something happened this year. Maybe they tried to overstretch themselves or something. Yeah, because what it was originally called, Philly Classic, like I said, they had to And parking there was easy. I mean, you didn't have to pay $13 to park right at the convention center or at the nearby Scanacon Hotel. Uh, you get in there and you're ready to go. That was one of my hardest, biggest criticisms about that. And not to mention, like I said, the 24-hour event. I mean, when they did it that one year, I mean... I know you guys had extra studios uh, in attendance at MagFest this year. When I was there for VGX, they did a midnight showing of their movies like Project Snake. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun to do. It was so terribly awesome. They're, they're great. I mean, I've written reviews of their of some of their movies, and, and I'm, I'm one of their biggest fans. It, it, it yeah. is fine stuff. It, it, it's, it's a shame that, that, that VGX was just kind of – Fell apart this year. I mean, maybe uh, it'll change next year. They keep doing. I hope so because I'm I'm willing to give them a second chance, but they got a lot to do. Uh, so far, you guys, you guys have pretty much won me over. I appreciate that. It's we we stick to our, our guns in things um, from, from the very beginning. Uh, Magfest. There, there's a reason it's called Magfest and not Magcon or Mag Expo. It, it, it is a festival. It's, it's a party. Uh, you know, it's not meant to be a, a, a trade show for, for big exhibitors. It's not meant to be just a giant promotions outlet. It's just a, a place where where fans can get together, enjoy the company of others, and drink he- heavily, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that when I was there. Um, you know, my drinking consistent moments will be a ball. Almost certainly say you will never see us in a convention center because convention centers cannot be open 24 hours. And if we're not open 24 hours, then we refuse to do it. Because, and uh, I will give the Hilton Mark Alexander credit for allowing that. 
Yeah, and I think only one year before have we stayed in a hotel two years in a row. This was our eighth MAGFest, and the Hilton Mark Center was a great hotel because this is our third year there, and they put up with, with all of this, this terrible stuff that goes on there, just all, all these nerds going around, uh, just tearing up the place, playing loud music, just games all weekend. And, and they're, they're really cool staff. They're really – really acceptable of the stuff that goes on, and they just let us do our thing. One thing I really enjoyed about MAGFest, and this is another, another thing that won me over, uh, a lot of these people I watch online, I'll play game reviewers, I mean, obviously the angry game nerd, because he's all over the place. But I'm glad I was able to run to the uh, the staff from that guy with the glasses.com, you know, Sean Fouts, um, Paul, Cole Guy, and as well as uh, Derek Alexander, the happy video game nerd from Rushware TV. Right. I mean, the ability to meet up with them and just talk buddy-buddy with them while you're looking at games, I mean, I've never had that experience before. Yeah, it, 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 it's one of, one of the things we, we do with, with MAGFest. The guests we get, we don't, we don't find the biggest name and, and pay them some exorbitant amount to be there. Every guest that's at MAGFest wants to be at MAGFest. They're there to party. They're there to hang out. Uh, you know, we, we've had we've had people ask, uh, you know, what happens when uh, when the autograph line gets too long because the uh, so many people are coming to see this one star and there, there's no way to get really get the the autograph and then people complain because they couldn't get the autograph. If you're coming to Magfest to get an autograph, then you can, you can just stop really because we're we're. It's a it's a socialization thing. It's not just the the, the, the guests are, are are there to party, and and the attendees are there to party with the guests. It's not just a not just a celebrity jerk off se- session. It's just a, a, it's for a good the time. fans, and I yeah. love that. I love that. And if, for for fans by fans. Yeah. Uh, I I know John St. John, the voice of Duke Nukem pretty much the nicest guy I've ever met. He was just all over the entire weekend just talking with everybody. He, he was doing the Duke Nukem voice for everybody that asked. He was a great guy. He was talking about doing some of the other events like before a Q&A session. I mean, that just proves, I mean, since I wasn't there to see the whole thing, that just proves that makes that way too much for me to take, but I enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> well, I will mention, though, one thing I made sure I made sure to catch was, of course, the uh, Sid Meier press conference. And just just seeing a, a legend in action was great. Yeah, I, I'm glad Sid, Sid got to come down because he really doesn't speak in, in, in public too much. But uh, luckily, uh, for Axis Games, his company is, is right up in Baltimore, and that was only uh, about an hour away from the hotel. So he, he came down for the day and, and hung out. He, he even uh, apparently Sid Meier's a musician, so he was in the jam space. Uh, part of MAGFest, and I, I don't know, are you guys familiar with the jam space at MAGFest? I saw parts of it. In fact, he he did mention that during the Q&A session. Uh, the, the jam space, since MAGFest is such a heavy focus on music, hence the M, Music and Gaming Festival, You know, we, we have all those live bands every night, but we also have this other stage where there's instruments just set out, drums, guitar, bass, keyboard, uh, you can bring anything you want, and people are allowed to just go up on stage and start playing. And so Sid Meier went up and just started jamming with some other random, I think they were from OC Remix. They were just mm. random stuff. <laughs> and at one point, he played a 
a piano parody of Hotel California called Hotel Civilization. <laughs> uh, that may actually make Hotel California worth listening to. If you're listening to our show, it is considered one of my least favorite songs. Yeah, if you go, I think it's on YouTube. If you look for Sid Meier, Hotel Civilization, it'll be him playing. I'll have to check that. But then again, I'll have to wait till I get a connection. <laughs> Thank you for, for posting that um, that panel, by the way, on YouTube. Yeah, no problem. I, I, I favorited it from the Magnus channel. We yeah, I was going to try to... I was going to try to post the John St. John one, but uh, my camera has some battery issues. <laughs> it is available on our uh, on our Facebook page, though. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a few years ago. We finally created just a joint Facebook page, and I put it, posted it on Friday. And it's been up for close to a week, and we're already at 77 fans. Yeah. 77 as of yesterday. Yeah. I found you Bagfest on Facebook, too, so. Became a definite fan. Yay, thank you. Yeah, so, and Todd still needs to put up some of these pictures from MacFest. He hasn't done that yet. But, of course, the, the Internet connection thing has always been a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always said that my husband's got to come up there and rework his entire system. But Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but I still have to put up all our bombers I took from MacFest. Yeah. I mean... I mean, you need, uh, Kelly, you, need, you don't even know about this. I mean, I should send you the outtakes from the Angry Video Game Nerd. Oh, I, I, I saw the, the, the live performance of, of the theme song. Oh, wow. Uh, we didn't see that, but when they were doing the showings, uh, uh, I think it was like on the second night, the crowd was actually singing the theme song along with the video. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite funny because Todd has the Angry Video Game Nerd as his little gamer picture on Xbox Live. There's <laughs> a lot of people that don't really know the Angry Video Game Nerd and who that is that thinks that's actually Todd. <laughs> <laughs> or on the on the other end of the spectrum, people were asking me if I actually am James. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I'm just a fan. It's the closest thing I did to being the being the angry video game nerd is I did a review of Wii Music on on a show. It's so surprising how docile James is in real life. He's the, the quietest, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Even though in his videos he, he has this this character that's yeah. so, you know it's like Stephen um, Colbert. You know, yeah, like, first time yeah. I saw him, I mean I was I like an idiot. It was like, excuse me, aren't you the angry nerd? And he's just like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I do that from like time real to time. About it. <laughs> That's great, though. So I'll be stuck up, like, yeah, smile at my feet. You know, you don't, those, that ego you can't handle. Craig, I, I swear he was born with a radio voice. That's just, mm-hmm. he, 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 he was doing a show from his mother's womb. <laughs> yeah, when I, was, uh, when I was waiting in line, I heard that over the last year. I was like, that can't be starring Craig, is it? So I always wanted, I always wanted to catch up with him and the rest of the Screw Attack guys. It even got to the point where I uh, got my ass handed to me in Street Fighter Alpha 3 by him. <laughs> Another video we're going to put up on our Facebook page soon. Yeah. Anytime Todd oh. gets owned, it's a nice thing to see. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, like I said, the staff from Square Attack was kind of to tape that for me. The bumper he cut for us, this couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. The- I'm glad he, he was able to, to do so, so many... Uh, only bumpers for people. I'm really mm-hmm. glad that, that he, was, he was available that, that much. And so willing. Yeah. 
I think he was, he was also doing uh, personal uh, voicemail messages for, for 50 bucks or something. So you had all this great success from eight. Are you already working on nine? We, we are working on it. Uh, it it's probably 99% going to be in the same location, but we'll, we'll absolutely have to move uh, the, the year after because uh, you know, we, had, we had 2,200 people at MagFest 8, which is way more than, than ever before. And we're, we're expecting huge growth this year, too. Uh, I, I think what it is with, with, with MagFest is that um, on the surface, when, when you hear about it, you know, it's like, wait, wait a second. You get people in a hotel for, for four days and just listen to video game music bands? It's kind of it's lame. <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, if you like video game music, you think it's the greatest thing ever. But otherwise, like, wait, what? But w- once people come to Magfest, they they just they're just hooked for life. I had, I had one friend who yes, he thought it was the stupidest thing ever, and then I got him to come down for for Saturday uh, this year. And you know, he's really not into video game music, but he's huge into arcades. And so he came and he saw the arcade setup, and he was just blown away. And what, one of the great things about MAGFest is, is that it's, it's really got, got something for everyone. Uh, all, all the music stuff, if, if you in any way like video game music, I think 12, 12 bands that play game music is the reason to come. Even if you don't like game music, the bands themselves are awesome. They're really high-energy concerts. If you don't have, have any interest in music, the, the games are running. 24 hours the entire time. If you don't like console games, there's the arcade games. If you don't like the arcade games, there's the PC games. If you don't like games, period, there's a party going on in every single room in the hotel. <laughs> Didn't you all have the LARPers? We did. I fought it at first. Yeah. I thought, wait a minute, that's kind of weird. But, you know, it, it turned out to be, to be pretty cool. They even had a, uh, you know, it's, it's not like a... Uh, it wasn't an, an anime LARP like, okay, I'm Shinji, you can be the Ava. Okay, now let's complain about how our dad hates us. It was, uh, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was a neat little uh, HP Lovecraft-themed, uh, uh, HP Lovecraft-inspired video game-themed thing, some kind of haunted arcade game or something that would, you know, bring the Elder Gods. It was, it was cute. I, I, I liked it. Um, yeah, LARP definitely does carry a bit of a, Stigma, but I think they did a really good job of it, and it's it's nice how how Magfest is, is able to really expand to reach all these different groups, but not lose its roots and become too mainstream. Right, not sell out. Yeah, in that figurative term. <laughs> I, I I don't want to sound like like a like a hipster douchebag. When I say that, oh man, we're not mainstream and we'll never sell out and stuff like that, it, it, it's it's not a matter of, of losing cool points for 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 having like a big industry event like PAX. It's it's an amazing event, and they they have they have, you know have a whole ex, whole expo hall. But I I think what what makes Magfest so great is that. We don't have have big companies dropping money on us, and as such, we don't have big companies telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. If they want to give, if we decide to take their money, yeah, we better listen to what they say. But because every dollar that comes in the Magfest is from the attendees and 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 the, the small vendors and artists that set up tables, uh, 
we can do whatever we want and and keep it the exact vibe that that we that we uh originally envisioned from the beginning i think you've got it definitely mm-hmm. that's a show that's going to discontinue the grow and grow and grow as the years go by yeah I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna be tough to to, to to keep the vibe as it grows but i'm, I'm sure we can do it because i mean it may grow, but as long as we we stick to our guns and, and and don't don't compromise, you know the virtue that that the the show is based on. But I think we can still continue to have the best gaming party in the world and not have it be overrun by Mountain Dew banners. <laughs> Agreed. PepsiCo was here. Can you tell? <laughs> so I have to ask this. What kind of con- gaming consoles do you have in your home? Uh, what year range are we talking about here? I, I, I have, I have. You all- go far as far back as you want. I'm a retro gamer myself. Oh God! <laughs> well, I'm well, admit they're not console based. I uh, have other methods. Uh, I, I have, I have the three current ones: the Wii, Xbox, uh, the Wii, the 360, the PS3. Uh, both my fiance and I, we have a DS. We have our own. Uh, I have a PSP. Uh, I have a box off in the corner that has uh, a, two PlayStation 2s, Sega Genesis, M64, Super Nintendo, Nintendo. Uh, actually, I think that might actually be it. Oh, I know. I, I got a Dreamcast, too. Uh, I envy you. <laughs> I got the thing off Craigslist for 25 bucks. It was awesome. Yeah, I saw one vendor had one for 50 bucks, and I was so tempted to get it. <laughs> I miss my Dreamcast. One thing we're really proud of with the MagFest game room is how, you know, the, the people that run it are people like me. They they, they have this, this this passion for gaming that goes you know, ever since they were a kid. So it's not just it's not just a wall of TVs playing Halo Three, though we do have that as well. It 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 spans from from the, the '60s all the way to today. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we had a Magnavox Odyssey in, the, in there somewhere. We have Philips CDIs, 3DOs, uh, Ataris, Nintendos, Master System, basically any any gaming system you can think of. Most of the stuff from the 80s to the day, and even stuff before that. Uh, we, we even had two setups of Steel Battalion this year. I don't know if you've seen that before. Yeah, I saw those. You today, I still don't want to touch that controller because of how, how rare it is. <laughs> I remember when I, when I wanted to buy that, and that was like two hundred dollars just for the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty cool controller. It's just it's obscure. Well, I guess it wasn't obscure when it came out because everyone was saying two hundred dollars. I'll never play that for a game. Then you're like, wait a minute, I have to flip thirty switches to turn on my Mac. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Who are you afraid oh, about? If I touch it, if I is this a I break it, I buy it type thing? <laughs> Pretty much. It, it, Not to mention, I mean, you've heard all the stories about all my music controllers. Someone wouldn't have enough room to put the steel button con- or steel battalion controller there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's, not, it's not behind a glass case or anything. I mean, it, it, it's just out there for everyone to play. If you break it, yeah, you know, give us your wallet. But <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that surprised me when I saw it. I was surprised you guys had Typing of the Dead for the Dreamcast. How could we not have Typing of the Dead for the Dreamcast? Because I didn't get it. That game was such a classic. I, I mean, I was—I mean, some of the stuff I was typing on that made absolutely no sense. But darn, was it fun! 
It's what you get when you get Japanese to make English sentences. That's true. <laughs> and speaking of Japanese titles, I got I need to bring this up and this is what really surprised me. How do you all get all the Beat Mania or all the Bemind titles to over there? I mean you have the most recent version of Beat Mania two DX. Well, MagFest is, is a is a community thing. Everything we have at MagFest is either from our basement or from people who, who bring it there. Um, yeah, I'd like to know who brought that. Because that, that shocked me when I saw that. All right, yeah. There's, we have a few different people who own B-Money machines, and then between three other guys, we had, I think, 50 other arcade cabinets set up. There is one arcade cabinet that MAGFest owns, though, and that you will always see at every MAGFest from here until the end of time, and that is the six-player X-Men arcade cabinet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that. Oh, that brought back memories. That, that, that's mm. actually uh, that's, that's a bit of a, of a mascot for us uh, because uh, – uh, Todd, Todd are, you, are you familiar with what I'm about to talk about here? The, the, how, how the X-Men machine has become a bit of a mascot for us. No, I didn't know about I didn't know about that. I, I, I don't know if you've ever played the X-Men arcade game. but Oh, yeah. Uh, the the six-player one, yeah, I played that. And when, if you're playing as Colossus, if you, if you use his mutant power, he lets out this roar that's something like, mm-hmm. And that, yeah, it that it, it's become a bit of a magfest meme. So, <laughs> just people just start yelling it around the around Magfest just to kind of I don't know. It's almost like a "What's up?" a nod or a handshake. And then once one person yells it, you hear other people from every other corner of the hotel starting to yell it. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. I, I can't believe you missed it either because it's going on all four dates. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like I said, so much to do. Four days just isn't enough. <laughs> uh, well, in my case, in my case, it was two because I had to go back to work afterwards. Lucky me. Yeah, he yeah. didn't want to leave. For, for, for us, running well, four, four days is plenty, plenty enough. We love doing it, but man, we need to sleep. Yeah, with it running like twenty four hours, definitely. Actually, I think it might be four and a half days, completely on New Year's Eve night. Yeah, I, I think this year was kind of especially long. Since, since we wanted to, to to extend it till Monday, so that we didn't totally envelop New Year's, so we started on fr- on Friday and went till Monday, as opposed to Magfest, which is typically Thursday to to Sunday. And so, sure. since New Year's Eve was on Thursday, we decided to just start on Thursday, and then go from Monday. Actually, no, wait, that's not true at all. We did not originally plan to start on Thursday. Um, originally, the hotel was double booked with this really rich company that throws James Bond New Year's Eve parties every year. And everyone comes in, in their James Bond attire, and they have all these James Bond paintings up. and, and it, It's really weird. But they, they had to bail out this year. Uh, and so in their honor, we, we, we threw a James Bond-themed party ourselves. Uh, yeah, and, I saw that. I was wondering about that. I was like, okay. Yeah, that, that's the story behind that. Well, it wasn't just James Bond themed. It was GoldenEye 64 themed specifically. Oh, gosh. Be- one of the best <laughs> shooters. Uh, there, there, there's, you know, everyone was encouraged to come in, in GoldenEye 64 themed attire. And so you have, you have my fiance in this beautiful dress. But me, I'm just as Boris Grishenko with, with khaki shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, so since they dropped out, we actually got the hotel for all of Thursday. So we're like, okay, we we can do that. And so uh, we just we just started up in full swing that day. Uh, but we'll 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 see how how it turns out next year. Um, it, it all kind of kind of hinges on whatever uh, date we decide on, which is which is still up in the air. Yeah, we see the poll on the website and. It's kind of favoring to stay right now, but that's a close margin. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. No decisions have been made yet, but we're we're actively working on it. it. It it will be sometime during the first half of January. I'll tell you that. I've already got January freed up for next year, so. Sweet. I'm gonna start making my demands because I'm definitely coming back. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you you enjoyed it so much because I guess. Because John had, had emailed me out of nowhere, I had never heard of heard of you guys before, and so I'm like, sure, send send your guys over. So you, you seem like such a professional site because you're game industry, so you have, and you, you seem very interested in this in the Sid Meier panel. So I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't think that <laughs> we're, we're we're supposed to be an expo and very very professional because he's gonna rip us a new one. He <laughs> finds out we're just a party that has some cool guests. Yeah, he's he seemed to be part of it. I mean, like you said, playing playing music in the jam space, basically narrating all the titles he did, and getting all the crust reactions. Of course, uh, everyone cheered. I wanted to, but I couldn't since I was recording. <laughs> so maybe you would, when you watch the video, once you said it, you'll see the camera jerk, and then basically me pumping myself saying, "Yeah." <laughs> I, admittedly, I never played some of his other titles. I mean, I never played Pirates or Railroad Tycoon. But Sid, I lived through for my entire college life playing that. <laughs> it came out in my freshman year, and every night I was, I was like, oh, "Okay, I got a, I got a programming uh, project I got to do. Uh, one more turn." And I'm like, "Oh crap! It's 4 a.m." <laughs> I think we've all done that. Yeah, and you still do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad we got we got Sid. I'm I'm glad we got Duke Nukem. We we, we really pride ourselves on the. Uh, Kind of diversity of our of our guests. We usually try to have uh, a lot a lot of video game music themed guests too. Like last year, we had um, we had Tommy Tallarico, who mm. uh, I know he, he he's he's in charge of, of video games live, and he's also done tons of other video game soundtracks. And we also had Grant Kirkhope, who did the who, who used to work for Rareware. And so he did the music for GoldenEye 64, Perfect Dark, Banjo-Kazooie, I think Banjo-Tooie, and I think uh, the, the newest Banjo game. The year before that, we had Howard Drazen, who who was part of the, the Sonic 3 and Knuckles soundtrack team. Wow. Uh, it, it, it's cool. It works both ways. The the attendees are, are so thrilled to, to meet these these composers, and the composers are so thrilled that there are actually people who like their music. Mm-hmm. They never have any idea that there's, there's this much of a community behind it. Yeah, that's always been a discussion I've had on our show. Um, I've always mentioned to Kelly about how I rate a game sometimes based on a soundtrack. And like I said, some of the performers you mentioned, especially Tallarico, because one of my all-time favorite soundtracks from was actually from a game based on the Terminator movie. Oh, yeah. Is the Sega I came CD on... one? Was that... Is that the Sega CD one? Yeah, like the track from Stage One. I can't remember the name from it, but it's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. 
Yeah, I've I've always been a bit a fan of of, of game music because I, I I know back back when it started out and you and you were given such limited room to work with. You know, you could never really have any more than three notes playing at one time. Mm-hmm. So you you had you couldn't really just kind of make chords and put lyrics over it. You had to make a melody, and it had to be you had to make damn sure it was catchy because it looped every thirty seconds. Right. So when when those these people were were forced to, to work under the, under those confines, the, you know, it really sparked their creativity. And, and even though the, the Sega CD, it didn't really have that since it was digital audio, it 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 still kind of uh, kind of philosophies held over, and they, they they still do today for a lot of things. I've got a music, The Witcher. I, that soundtrack, I keep it playing a lot of times when I'm writing reviews or just around the house cleaning. Yeah, it, it's really cool how, um, how the philosophy of, of game music how it either it, it, it still goes and it's either kind of emulates a, a movie soundtrack and it makes it really cool and atmospheric or or they, they, they compose it just to make it really cool and catchy. I think it's really cool. There's been a few of them that's caught. Love it when they get caught in my head and you can't get them out for about three, four days. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, dang it, they did make it catchy. Mm-hmm. Or some get to the point where you use them as ringtones. <laughs> yeah, that he's upset because I like the claptrap in Borderlands, uh, so I made it as a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> he found it annoying. <laughs> like I said, he's the gaming equivalent of Jar Jar Banks. Oh, God. No. <laughs> well, that's why this, like, my new phone, um, I took a cue from another net reviewer. I made Kelly's ringtone the uh, menu music from Blades of Steel. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. Oh, wait, no, wait. How does the menu one go? I, I, I remember I, how, how, how the start the game and you finish the game. Oh, shoot, I can't remember, unfortunately. I'll send you the clip or the following. Let me get back online. Yeah, another one because that's, uh, that's for the start of the period. Right. I didn't say that. That's going to be bugging me all night. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'll just send it to you. It's on my phone. <laughs> well, I downloaded like a whole bunch of ringtones, or game soundtracks on use for various ringtones. And what's really funny is it cracks me up when Todd doesn't care for the soundtrack of a, a game, like a redo of an older game, and they change up the soundtrack. And uh, he'll play. Are you going to go back to 12 and time reshelled? Yeah, yeah. He'll mute. Oh God, yeah, that's so terrible. Oh, yeah, he mutes it and Ugh. like puts the runs the old audio over it. It's like let's go. Wait, back I forget, did they actually well, redo the music? Because on the Super Nintendo, that was great. Did they redo the music for Turtles in Time for the for the Xbox, or did they just keep the old stuff? No, they they did a completely new soundtrack for it. Didn't sound anything it? like the arcade or Super Nintendo version. Why would you do that? Well, one reason I think is because it was by another developer was Ubisoft Shang or Ubisoft Singapore as opposed to um, as opposed to Konami. Uh, yeah, I, I I catch a lot of flack for it, but I I, I really don't like the the Bionic Commando rearmed soundtrack. I mean, I, I mean, I actually, it, it, I actually it, did like that myself because it did have touches of the original. Reshell did not. Didn't sound anything like the original game. Yeah. Didn't look like the original. Didn't sound like the original. Didn't play like the original. I, mean, I get grief from my editors, like, "Oh, but you gave it a good review." 
<laughs> I was like, I gave, it, I gave it three and a half out of five. <laughs> that, I think that score would be lower. Yeah. I think now if you, a lot of games are like that. You read through your review and you're like, actually, you know, <laughs> no. I was being too generous. Maybe yeah. I should get a little inner Yahtzee in me. <laughs> See, I, I didn't like the stylistic choices for the, for the Bionic Commander Rearm soundtrack, but at least he kept the main melody mm-hmm. instead of just blowing it out the window. Yeah. Yes. Even even the sequel, which I admit I hated because of that ending, I admit what they did to the soundtrack on that was good. You still, you still got touches of the original game. I mean, it sounded more epic on an epic scale, but at least they kept the uh, original theme to it. It's not, it's not like it was supposed to. Just too bad the rest of the game sucked. <laughs> and then, of course, ruining a 20-year legacy, as I keep saying, by making Super Joe the bad guy all along. No, oh, spoilers. Oh. <laughs> He's good oh. about dropping those. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, everybody's played it by now. It's probably on the bargain bin of Gamefly. <laughs> I think we have to but, always uh, do warnings on our shows. <laughs> Potential for spoilers. I mean, it's like Mass Effect 2 we're talking about. <laughs> but I won't give away anything to that. Yeah, not everybody could be lucky to have a good one to review. Ugh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Let's... Oh, well. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, what would you say, Nick, would be your favorite game of all time? This is a hard one, usually, for people. It is absolutely not a hard one at all. My favorite game, without question, is Deus Ex. Hmm. Never saw that one coming. No, uh, I didn't. I, that is I've, good. I've never been able to to play through a game so many times and get a different experience out of it each time. Uh, that was that was a good game. Didn't care yeah. much for the sequel though. I never got got too far in the sequel, but yeah, from what I did play, I didn't like it as much as as the first. But uh, the, the first one, I, I there's no. You know, all these games these days take so much pride in, in being so so sandboxish. They say you can do whatever you want, but all it is is that you can take a different path to get to your mission, and then from there, it's that Deus Ex was the game where, even though it was it was backwards, uh, it was a pretty linear story, but within each thing, within each mission, you could approach it any way you wanted, and it, it's just cool to be able to. To play it how, how you want it and and customize your character the way you want it to be. Oh, yeah. mm. Well, thanks for you know stepping in and being with the geeks. Todd, we had so much more to talk to because he got to go to the show. I didn't. I'm coming next year. Move hell or high water. I'm coming next year. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be nice to have both of you out. It's definitely going to be even bigger next year. And it's just going to be a blast. Can't wait. Yeah, definitely look forward. But thank you again, Nick, for coming on the Gamer Geeks. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Is there anything you want to, any information you want to give out before you head out? Uh, well, the website is, is magfest.org. That's magfest as in music and gaming festival. Uh, it hasn't been, been totally updated, but we have some, some new stories and coverage up there about us for, for MAGFest 8, which just passed, and MAGFest 9 will be the first half of January 2011. Um, MAGFest, I, I mentioned the jam space earlier, which is the, the the area where anyone's allowed to come in and start playing music. 
Mm-hmm. And so you tend to have just a bunch of people jamming to video game music. We will actually be at, at PAX East this March, and we have our, our own room that's just a jam space. And so if you're at PAX East, you're more than welcome to come in and just start playing any <laughs> any song you want. Well, it's great hearing from Nick, and we'll go ahead and let him go. And we'll go ahead and get off here ourselves. It's been a great show. First interview, everything, just wonderful. Sorry for the audio problems. Todd, he was on a cell phone. Now, we've re-recorded this nice ending, so Todd can be live and clear. <laughs> Unless Comcast cuts me off again. <laughs> oh, don't even. Yeah, I do want to thank Nick, though, for hooking me up for that. Otherwise, I would not have been able to make it. Thank goodness he still had the Skype out account. As we mentioned earlier in the first segment, we are on Facebook right now. Just type in Gamerspace Geeks and do find us. Become a fan. And, of course, we'll also be available on Facebook, or on Twitter. Uh, just look for Gamer Geeks, Gamer Geeks Twitter, Gamer Chicks Kelly. We're both there. Uh, don't bother looking for us on MySpace anymore. They're dead to us. Yeah. And, always, as usual, you can get our show on iTunes uh, or download from GameIndustry.com. Everybody needs to vote for the Gamer Year. I'm very curious to see how that's going to end. Same here. And what's going to take the cake. <laughs> see if I complain about anything. Yeah. Probably. Well, I always do. (laughs) That's right, Chip. We'll go ahead and hop out, and we will see you guys next time.